Thinking aloud. Conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with psychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today, our topic is remote viewing the crypto markets. My guest is Daz Smith, who, along with Dick Allgaier, runs a website called CryptoViewing.com. Daz is also the publisher of The Eight Martinis, the magazine of remote viewing. He is also author of Surfing the Psychic Internet, Remote Viewing Dialogues, CRV, Controlled Remote Viewing, and Remote Viewing 911. Incidentally, some viewers know that I myself have a strong interest in remote viewing the financial markets. In fact, in the past, I have been a registered commodity trading advisor. So, I'm sure we're going to have a very interesting discussion. Daz lives in the United Kingdom. And now, I'll switch over to the internet video. Welcome, Daz. It's a pleasure to be with you once again. This will be, I believe, our third interview. Yeah, yeah, it's great to be uh, back with you. It's uh, always an honor uh, having a chat with you. We're going to be talking about cryptocurrency and uh, the remote viewing thereof. And I have to say right at the outset, I uh, have been a registered commodity trading advisor. And uh, so, I have a strong interest in remote viewing. I have a strong interest in the financial markets. But as far as crypto is concerned, I have a bias because I, I've been something of a gold bug. I've been interested in the idea that Currencies should have some intrinsic value like gold does. And crypto has always bothered me because I don't see where the intrinsic value is. Maybe you could uh, explain to me a little bit why it has become so popular. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I'll, I'll give a slight bit of background on this, um, you know, because I'm not an expert. Uh, I kind of fell into cryptocurrencies myself uh, uh, two and a half years ago when Dick Augar came to me and said, uh, I've got some people that want us to remote view cryptocurrencies. Would you be interested? And I'd never done any kind of financial stuff in the past. So I kind of fell into it then. And I've I've kind I've come to love it over the past two years, really. Um, and the value, well, that's kind of hard to say because to be honest, there's there's too many of them now. Like uh when we first started looking at this two years ago, there were only three and a half thousand cryptocurrencies. Uh, and over the last two years, it's now gone up to, I think as today, it's uh, 15,931 of them. So, it's it's a lot. So, it's hard to describe all of them. But if I just stick to Bitcoin, for example, because uh, that's number one still, it's the king. Um, I think the value in that one comes in because it's uh, decentralized, meaning that no bank or any government will ever be able to um, take your money away from you under any any kind of activity. Um, and the fact that it is decentralized as well also uses what they call a decentralized ledger as well. So there's hundreds of thousands of copies of this ledger all around the planet. And it means that and every transaction that's ever made is recorded in that ledger, uh, how it's made, who made it and whatever. So 
you're never going to have a chance where anyone uh, commit any fraud against that cryptocurrency because if they try to fraud one occasion at the ledger, there's 999,000 copies of it everywhere else, which will void that one. So, yeah, the fact that it's decentralized and, you know, you can't fraud it in any way, governments won't be able to stop it in any way. And the fact that Bitcoin alone is it's it's becoming rarer by the day. There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoin. And we know probably an estimated 2 million of them have already been lost to time, you know, chucked out on people's computers and, and lost in wallets. So, you know, by the time it, this becomes really uh, popular, there will probably only be something like 16, 17 million Bitcoin in existence. And everyone around the world will be squabbling to uh, get a piece of one of those. I suppose you have to say, given that it's a free market, the value is based on what buyers are willing to pay for it. Absolutely, yes. And this last year alone, we've seen huge interest from you know some of the top uh, financial people, banks, institutions, funds, all buying into into Bitcoin and the other cryptocurrencies in such a big way that that's you know that's helped the uh, the price over the last six months reach its all time high, especially for Bitcoin of sixty nine thousand dollars. Yeah, so it's going well. These currencies, I guess you'd have to call them currencies, are extremely volatile as compared to uh, standard currencies. The dollar it moves a little bit, the euro moves a little bit, but the cryptocurrencies fluctuate enormously. Uh, even though there's been generally an upward trend, it would seem to me that for most people who can't tolerate a lot of risk, it's, it's not a palatable investment. Oh, yes, it is risky, um, and I wouldn't recommend that anyone put any money in into it at this stage that they, you know, they couldn't afford to lose. Um, yeah, you, on a, on a, on a bad day, you can see an up and downward swing of you know twenty percent on on something like Bitcoin, and because Bitcoin's the number one, uh, if Bitcoin falls or rises, you tend to see everything else in the market fall and rise in connection with Bitcoin. So yes, it is very volatile and. Uh, in 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 the last month alone, my personal portfolio has lost twenty uh, percent uh, of its value. So you know, for me, that's like twenty, thirty thousand dollars just just like that. But you know, on, on on a good day, it can also go up thirty or forty thousand. So it's it swings and roundabouts with crypto. Well, I think most financial advisors would not recommend. Uh, for anybody to have an account that can uh, go up and down 20, 30% in a single day? Uh, a lot of them do. But as I said, institutions are hugely buying into cryptos at this moment. We've, in this last year alone, we've seen so much money pumped into it. And, you know, it looks like it's going to continue the, over the next year as well. Um, I think, you know, as I said, I think it's the, I think it's the future. Decentralized currency is, is the way it's going. You know, and especially with the... Uh, all the economies around the world that seem to be struggling because of COVID and other reasons, they're all, you know, they're all printing money like crazy. So the own, their own currencies like the United States dollar is going down in value, uh, which only helps uh, these, these currencies in the long run. In fact, I'm under the impression that many countries want their currencies to drop because that attracts investments from outside. Yes, it does. Yes, and a lot of currencies, a lot of countries as well, are also starting to adopt uh, Bitcoin and other currencies as as their their currency. You know, uh, especially the third world countries that are having a lot of problems with, uh, you know, their own currencies being hyperinflated. 
Well, it's very interesting to me that you've just gotten into financial forecasting in the last two years. You've spent probably two decades prior to that going deeply into the world of, of remote viewing. I think it's probably fair to say that your understanding of all the nuances of remote viewing is as thorough as anybody I've ever interviewed on the subject, and, and that includes many of the big names in the field. Thanks. For that. Yeah, um, as you know, I've been, uh, I'm a bit addicted to it. You know, I've studied the history intimately, you know, the, the 110,000 pages of Stargate CIA pages. You know, I have that on a, on a database on my computer and I can search for keywords in each of those and pull them up individually. And I try to uh, I try to to go into all the individual camps and, and tribes within remote viewing. Luckily, I haven't been trained by any certain individual, which allows me to, I guess, move more freely amongst those camps because, you know, a lot of people have allegiances to the person that trained them and they won't speak to any other camp. I'm, yeah, I'm a bit different in that regard. Yeah. So when you first got into financial forecasting, uh, how did you approach it? And the company I'm doing it with, uh, we're called Crypto Viewing, um, and there are four remote viewers there. We have a support team of, you know, IT people, social media managers, and a lot of people in the background, editors for the videos. And um, when we first started, it was, you know, and it still is experimental, but when we first started, it was literally just someone would give us a blind target. And we just used, tried to use our RV methods that we'd all individually used over the years to try to get a feel for that crypto and, you know, the, how it would move in the markets. But what I found over the and what we found over the last two years is that my own personal method of remote viewing called CRV, um, it when it when I know I'm doing a crypto target target and you know we're allowed to know that because it still leaves nearly sixteen thousand different ones that you know I'm only looking at one of those sixteen thousand. Um, but knowing that I'm doing a crypto uh, target now, my CRV is over two years is uh, kind of morphed on its own. Um, for example, uh, in CRV, we have this uh, stage one process called the ideogram, where we do this kind of automatic kind of like feeling of the, of the target and the target's gestalts. Um, usually the gestalts in CRV are things like land, water, structures, life forms, that kind of thing. Um, but now when I'm doing a crypto, uh, when I'm doing a crypto target now, my ideograms, because it knows I'm doing a crypto target, they have changed completely from any other form of CRV and they... They mirror, uh, we noticed this over time, they, the, the ideograms mirror the movement of that crypto market and its ups and downs over the period of what that target set. And it, it seemed to have done that on its own. I didn't go out of my way to say to myself, okay, let's do this. It was just, a, it's a very strange. It's almost like the RV or intuitive process has an intelligence behind it. And it, you know, it kind of said, okay, let's use the ideograms to mimic the market flow. And I call them flows. Um, so, yeah, so that's a, that's an amazing thing that I'm exploring in lots of different ways right now, um, because because it's such a, a beautiful automatic process with no thinking from your mind. That's probably becoming the most accurate part of uh, the remote viewing process of cryptos and not just cryptos, but we, we also use the same technique on silver and gold markets and on the on the Dow Jones as well. From what I've seen on your website, it looks like typically you'll try to forecast the price movements over a month-long period. Well, we've expanded that now. Um, 
Uh, so we try to get the, a month-long period for the short term for for the, our paying patrons. Um, but we're also now uh, over the last, literally over the last two months, we've implemented that we're actually looking, uh, like for example, I, I did one yesterday, and I'm looking 2022, 23, 24, 25, and 26. So we are going years out now to try to get a, a larger scale for uh, the people people that are interested. Yeah, but you know we still make people aware of it because we're trying to predict the future. Um, it's less accurate than than normal RV, but we are getting good results with this. You could just as easily, yeah, if if the currency is liquid enough, do an intraday chart. Yeah. And in fact, one of the uh, one of the remote viewers in my team, Niam, uh, he's come up with an idea where he does a uh, and we're, we're working on this again because it's all experimental. We have a 30 day kind of graph. So 30, 31 squares for the month. And we're trying to indicate on a day to day basis whether we feel the crypt is going to go up, down or move sideways on that day and then plot that on a graph. So we're experimenting with that over the last couple of months as well. And that's producing interesting results in that. Uh, we are being able to predict within a one or two day window when there's big upswings or downswings for that for that crypto. Because if you're looking at a month as a, as a whole, and let's suppose your ideogram shows a large drop, you want to have a fairly good sense as to which day that drop is going to occur on. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because you know, as we as we discussed just now, you know, the upswings and downswings in cryptos and especially Bitcoin are are huge on a day-to-day basis, yeah. Uh, Timing seems to be everything when it comes to speculating in the financial markets. And so you you could have a very accurate prediction, but if you're off by a couple of days, it could be disastrous for an investor. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Uh, But we do, you know, we do say to all our uh, subscribers and everyone as well that um, and the same with all remote viewing, really. You should never use remote viewing as your only source of information. So we tell people, you know, especially with looking at the financials and predictive markets, that um, it's you know you should only use our information uh, alongside your other data bits of information as well. It should never you should never make decisions alone on in any case, uh, even outside of financial stuff. You should never make any any kind of final conclusion or decisions on any remote viewing without other backup information. It's quite interesting looking at the history of remote viewing and financial forecasting. I think it goes back to the 1970s, as I recall, when Hal Putoff used the associative remote viewing protocol to uh, invest, I think it was Silver Futures, and he raised $30,000 in order to support a Waldorf school that his children were going to. And, And then he said when he reached his goal, he stopped. He didn't keep doing it at all, which seems to me to be uh, kind of a smart thing to do. Yes, yes. I, I got a feeling a lot of people get greedy. And there are a lot, you know, there are a lot of people out there trying trying this kind of thing. Um, for example, there's the uh, Marty Rosenblatt's uh, Applied Precognition Project. They have thousands of remote viewers trying ARV there. And I know lots of other groups around the internet that are also trying ARV. And What's what I find interesting as a person that's collected this information for over two decades now is that I know, you know, there's probably tens of thousands of people all around the world now all trying to make money using remote viewing, especially ARV, associative remote viewing. Um, 
but a lot of them uh, don't seem to be able to, to, to hit it rich at a certain level. And I have to ask myself, this doesn't seem to be uh, a mistake. You know, this isn't a coincidence. For me, you know, if if I can, because uh, I have a very good accuracy rate on most targets. You know, I'm, my database is something like eighty percent, over eighty percent accurate on eighty percent of the targets that I do. Yet when I try to do predictive stuff and it involves money, that goes down to something like sixty-five to sixty, even fifty-five percent accurate. So there's there's some very interesting things going on here, and I'm I don't know what it is at this stage, but I am becoming more um, more persuaded by the possibility that, and I don't know how this would work, that there is some kind of sentient or intelligence behind the entire remote viewing process that, you know, doesn't allow me as a remote viewer to um, win a hundred million on the lottery, for example, because it, I know it's a person, I, you know, and I've told this to other remote viewers. I'm honest with myself. I knew I know that if I won a hundred million on the lottery tomorrow using remote viewing. I would never do remote viewing ever again I or anything like this. I would, you know, I'd be on a desert island somewhere for the rest of my life. And I'm kind of thinking that maybe, although I want something and I, you know, my intent is there to want to win a hundred million, that maybe there is a set go or life go or something else that's interfering and saying, you can't do it because that would, that would, that would move you off this life path too much. You know, many years ago, I had a conversation with my friend Gary Zukoff about using remote viewing for financial forecasting. Gary is the author of a book called The Seat of the Soul. And I learned he also wrote a book on physics called The Dancing Wooly Masters. And I, I learned that one of the big financial houses in Boston managing $11 billion in funds, uh, the, the head of that company was quoted in the Wall Street Journal once as, as saying that uh, he read Gary Zukoff book, The Seat of the Soul, and he tries to use ideas like that in his investments. So, I asked Gary what he thought about using remote viewing for financial forecasting. And he said, the results you get are going to be dependent on your own individual karma. That make, and, and Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Uh, and I don't know how it works, but the mechanism I'm finding interesting. And I feel that you know, this is anecdotal experience, but you know, the two and a half years we've been doing this for crypto viewing, I'm finding that the ones that I'm not interested in or not invested in in any way, I have no feeling about the crypto in any way. Those are the ones that, and you know, I'm not going to invest in them. Those are the ones that I'm more accurate on. It, it seems, you know, it's it's a strange thing, and and I've noticed this across tens of thousands of remote viewers that are out there doing all this kind of thing. Because we get asked all the time, you know, if you're a psychic, why haven't you won the lottery, kind of thing. And you know, although there are one or two of us that have won the lottery, in the majority, you know, all the top psychics don't end up being extremely rich through their remote viewing. And you know, I'm talking about people like Pat Price, Joe McMoneagle, the Stargate remote viewers, Ingo Swan, for example. All the classic, you know, what we would call the top remote viewers, they've yeah, they've never hit it rich with with doing this. And as you said, I've, it's perfectly aligned, I think, with the with the karma principle there. Well, we live in a materialistic culture, which sort of suggests that the goal in life is to die with the most material possessions. He who dies with the most toys wins. But the whole point of 
remote viewing, the very possibility of remote viewing suggests that materialism is is not a valid metaphysics to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I do believe that uh, and I have so far uh, using intuition increased my my personal portfolio or my wealth more far more than I ever had in the past. You know, I'm, I'm better off now two and a half years in doing this um, than I ever have been. And I hope that will carry on. I just don't think it, I don't, don't think it allows us to go to the, for some reason, doesn't allow me to go to the extreme. It doesn't allow me to have that hundred million, no matter how much I, I may want it. I know Marty Rosenblatt, the head of the Applied Precognition Project, makes a point of telling the people involved only invest small amounts of money because if you get emotionally attached to winning or losing, those emotions are going to cloud your remote viewing abilities. Absolutely, yes, 100%. The, uh, the process of anything intuitive, intuitive or psychic, but especially remote viewing, is very, it's very, very subtle. And yeah, literally just having a, a you know, a really strong point of view in your head uh, towards a certain. Well, let's, we're talking about cryptocurrencies. So me just having a, a a point of view in my mind that I like one cryptocurrency better than another uh, really does. Um, color and flavor the information that I pass along as a, as a remote viewer. I don't mean that for that to happen. It just it just does it as part of the process. So you have to be yeah you have to be very careful. And we know from you know what seeing thousands of these ARV experiments that you can have a great run of ARV. You, you can be doing like 10, 12 targets, getting them on target every time, almost at, you know 80 to 100 percent accuracy. The moment you start investing your own money in it then we've seen people and their results drop right through the floor right to around about you know 50 55 percent which is you know slightly better than tossing a coin well it's interesting that you are operating both as a professional remote viewer providing essentially financial advice to other investors uh, although not under the rubric of a, a, a licensed financial advisor. And, and at the same time, you are speculating uh, using your own account. Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, as I said, I, I've been, you know, I, my education over the years, especially in finances, uh, and being a creative person as well, you know, I, I was awful. You know, I didn't understand finances at all. So only over the last couple of years getting into crypto, I've slightly understood it now. Uh, and I am investing my own money, but I am, I, I'm not like a lot of people. I don't have a lot of disposable income. So I'm only investing a few thousand pounds here and there over a period of a year. But, you know, over the last two, uh, two, two years, I would say it's just over two years now, I've increased my personal portfolio, uh, on a good day. It's around about eight times, uh, on a bad day, like today, it's around about six and a half times its initial value. So, and you can't get that kind of, uh, interest or, or investment opportunity anywhere else these days so it does it does work but i'm very careful in not over committing myself no that's a fabulous return most professional fund managers have a hard time outperforming the s&p 500 yeah yeah and i think i showed uh, I, I i gave you a graphic and you can use it if you want in in the in in the show in you know in the video we put out but you know, last year, uh, for example, we uh, in crypto viewing, we recommended 13 cryptos to uh, our, P our patrons, the people that pay the subscriptions, and we said to them, you know, 
uh, if you would invest a thousand dollars in 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 these these thirteen, see what it would be at the end of twelve months. Um, so you know it's doing well, and we do get a lot of our patrons come back to us and say, "Thanks, you know, you give us uh, you given me a bit of financial freedom." Uh, and you know, I've even had some of them come back to me even recently this this month saying, "You've helped me in, in increase my personal wealth by ten ten x in a year," which is you know, which is astounding, really. Well, the whole crypto market in the last year has been on the upswing, probably more so than any other market, to my knowledge. Absolutely. And it's still going gangbusters. Uh, I don't know if you know much about the the new technologies that's coming around and new buzzwords like metaverse. Um, but essentially, we have these new things now called NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens. And it's essentially anyone creative, an artist, a musician, or, or anyone doing anything creative whatsoever, you can create and store your uh, artwork on the blockchain uh, as this non-fungible token artwork. And the great thing about it is that every time this artwork is traded anywhere in the world, all the information about that trade forever is stored in, in the blockchain as well. So you can see the, the trail, who owned it, what they sold it for, all that data. Um, which is great for uh, great for artists, and it's going to be great for mu- musicians because at the moment, if if a musician puts out a CD, they don't get any reimbursement if that CD sold in secondhand shops on a secondhand market. But now with putting their music out as NFTs, um, people can go on and sell copies of all these tracks, all these CDs, and built into it right from the scratch, the artists can choose whatever their commission rate would be, and it's there it's there for for the for the end of time and it's automatically paid so every time you know someone buys one someone's artwork and sells it on instantly the commission goes straight to the artist without anyone being involved so non-fungible tokens i i assume that means that you you can't just duplicate uh if it's a digital piece of artwork it, it it's copy protected somehow yeah, it's all because everything's stored on the blockchain and the blockchain technology. It's yeah, you can't duplicate it. Uh, it has you know it has the traceable track record that's that's there and can't be destroyed, can't be influenced in any way. Um, and everyone's getting into this in such a big way. Adidas just literally put out a, a range of limited edition NFTs, and they sold out within a day for millions. And and a lot of people are now getting on on the NFT market, uh, and that's become so in a year. It's become a, a business worth billions already. Well, this is a whole new world of which probably people who are on the cutting edge are aware of it, and people like myself who are full of our old habits are, are barely able to grasp what's going on at all. I feel like that myself some days. I mean, literally today I was reading about uh, this location is it's, uh, an area that's created in the metaverse so it's essentially a virtual world that's created and someone on the, in that virtual world had bought virtual land so it doesn't is land that doesn't exist in a computer somewhere and then they built a, a garage on that and they were charging people to go into that garage and use that garage in a place that doesn't exist and already uh, they've they've amassed a hundred thousand dollars doing this in this virtual world which doesn't exist and it's just i read that and it just just blows my mind how, how this is moving and how fast it's all moving well what do people do why would anybody pay to go into this garage or as i would say garage i do not i do not know at this stage people are literally buying up plots of land in this virtual space 
in hope that maybe sometime in the future they can flip that land or they can build upon it in this virtual space in, because they're essentially thinking that this metaverse that's going to be created. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen the film or read the book Ready Player One. Yes. That's that's essentially what's being built at this moment. So this vast complex world that you go into, this virtual world, and you can there and Facebook's betting all their money on this as well. They're all betting that we're all in a couple of years going to be living in these virtual worlds, and all these virtual worlds are going to need you know you're going to want to build a house for your identity in this virtual world on a plot land, uh, and you know you might want to plot land next to someone famous, a celebrity, which you know will cost you millions more. It's it's a crazy situation and hard to get your mind around. But, uh, you know, for many years now, people have been playing um, multiplayer games online and to make their characters look nicer in the game because it's all about how you look when you're talking to people. Um, they've been buying and selling on secondary markets, you know, weapons and outfits and hats and clothes. So it's just an extension of, of that. But it's uh, it is it is a whole new world that even myself, I I. Uh, I get astounded by it every day on where it's going. Well, and I gather Facebook is changing its name now to Metaverse. Yes, yes. Uh, it's, seen, it's seen where this is going. Uh, and, the, it, you know, Facebook's also bought into some virtual reality companies with the goggles and the headsets and stuff. So everything's moving in this direction. I'm not sure it's going to be for everyone, um, but it's an, interesting, it's an interesting concept. I like the idea of the Ready Player One kind of environment. Um, but I'm also worried that people may be spending more time in that than they are in real life. A bit like we are at the moment. A lot of the young people you see now, they spend more time looking at their mobile phones than they do interacting with people in the real world. So I'm all, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also a bit hesitant of where, where this is going to end up. Well, as I recall from the movie Ready Player One, the the physical environment as portrayed in that movie was falling apart. It was sort of a disaster compared to the virtual environment. Yep, yep. And it's going to be interesting to see what people do with this. You know, I, I'm interested because I'm a creative person. I'm gonna I'm gonna find it really amazing to see what kind of worlds and environments and interactions people create within this space. At the same time, as I said, I'm a bit worried that um, we could lose something. But as a remote viewer, I'm also thinking that the technology may also offer me as a remote viewer something that I don't have right now. Because at the moment, most remote viewers are uh, they're writing our impressions with pen on paper. I'm kind of thinking if, they, if this virtual reality world exists that I can go into as a remote viewer when I'm trying to get information, I might be able to say, something along the lines okay i see a square building and you literally with my hands in 3d in a real world create a you know the 3d building in the environment that my intuition's creating in me but then i can create that actually in in 3d in that space so i'm 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 thinking that might be an amazing advancement for us as intuitive and remote viewers but the rest of it the rest of it yeah the rest of it's kind of scary i think well i am under the impression that uh, the application of remote viewing in the crypto markets is very popular for some reason. I know you're not the only person doing it. I saw some other fellow has a whole series of books out already on on the topic, and it strikes me maybe it's because crypto is so new and so different, and so is remote viewing. It's interesting where it's going. Uh, I know of 
quite a few groups now that are using uh, remote viewers for cryptos. Um, I don't know why it's blossomed so much. Um, it's also something we have to be we have to be a, a a bit cautious of as well because literally just this year alone we had a we did have a shadowy kind of group that I myself and and a few other people found uh, they did in I would say it's, they infiltrated um all the top remote viewing communities out there and started spreading around um quite a lot of money in hopes of um recruiting remote viewers to do some very uh very i would say very dodgy arv type experiments for them that where they were claiming to sell the information to their clients and these people were linked uh quite strongly to uh past past attempts that we you know we saw in in proper records online of a fraud in all, all kinds of criminal activities so yeah we have to be very i, I you know I'm, I'm very cautious about how this is blossoming but it, it is blossoming in a in a big way and a lot of people now are yeah they're coming to uh remote viewers uh, and asking us to, to do these kind of uh projects for them I mean, a lot more than they did five to ten years ago well, I suppose it's the lure of easy money that draws people uh, both to crypto and to the idea of using remote viewing. Yeah, that's that's a, it's probably always been a problem within remote viewing. Um, and most of the people that come to remote viewing for the first time that I see in all the communities that I'm in, uh, it pretty much is about how can I use remote viewing to make me money as, as fast as possible. And they're all looking for a they're all looking for a shortcut as well. You know, they all want it, you know, today or tomorrow rather than, you know, the rest of us that have been learning and remote viewing and our skill and honing it for, for over two decades. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. We, we do live in a society where people want things now. I have to say, I think I heard somebody put it very succinctly that using remote viewing and financial forecasting is the hardest way in the world to make easy money. Yeah, it's quite hard. I have to be honest. Uh, my, me and my colleagues at the moment, we're doing probably free remote viewing sessions a week. But as well as doing that, we're having to do a lot of it on video and put out a lot of video content for our for our clients as well. You know, over over the last two years, we put out hundreds, of, well, thousands of hours of, of video content and all this because people don't want to see what we do on paper anymore because that's kind of boring. They do want to see it all on on video and see us interacting with it um yes so it's growing in a bit it's growing in a, in, a, in a big way um but it's hard it is hard work and you know we also get a lot of remote viewers because I've, I've tackled this for two decades now i get a lot of people come to me and say i want to be you know i want to be a full-time remote viewer i want to make money out of remote viewing and have that as my business but they don't really understand the amount of work that's involved in doing something like that i mean when i run projects for example and i run projects with 10 remote viewers as a project manager, you end up doing 10 times the work that the remote viewers are doing for the project because you're managing 10 people. And then when you get their information back and you've got 10 remote viewers that have done 20 to 30 sheets of paper each, that's hundreds and hundreds of pieces of data you have to try to put into some kind of coalesced report for, for the person that's paying for the project. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work uh, and there's a lot of admin work behind the scenes that a lot of people don't really realize that it, that's there in the process. Well, I gather that your own business model or the work you're doing through 
The CryptoViewing.com website is largely, it might be the online equivalent of a financial newsletter. You're, you're providing people with insights that you've gleaned from your remote viewing, and, and they can pay a subscription fee for that. Yeah. And then also, you're doing projects on a consulting basis. Yes, yes. Most of it through crypto viewing. Uh, we, we offer quite a lot. We offer, uh, I think, four or five different cryptos a month that we look at. But because it's an eclectic bunch of people as well, they also want to see the occasional mysteries target. So it's not just all cryptos there. You know, we do do mysteries and what we would call woo-woo targets as well. And as well as all this, every month, uh, all four of us full-time remote viewers we also look a month ahead as well. So like in two days time, I'll be doing my RV, looking at what the top news events of January 2022 are going to be. And we all put these online for, for, for all our subscribers as well. So they get to see, you know, what the top news is coming up all around the world. They get to see what the crypto, what cryptos are that they might want to invest in. And they get a bit of fun, fun kind of mystery stuff in there at the same time. As a person who has familiarized themselves with the serious scientific work in the field of remote viewing, I'm sure you know how difficult it is to compare a, a transcript, even a video, with, with an actual event because you're, you're dealing with qualities. Yeah, yeah. And it's... Uh... It gets even more complicated as well when if you've got like a team of uh, five or six remote viewers and they come from different schools of remote viewing teaching. So their their method is, is different as well. Uh, and there are other there are other things as well. Like I would say the vast majority of remote viewers out there, their, their, their handwriting is terrible as well. It's really hard to read the writing, especially when someone's, you know, they're kind of in the zone. So they're not concentrating on their handwriting. It's really kind of scratchy and spidery. There's lots of nuances out there that make, make this whole process uh, incredibly hard to do for, for someone that's trying to do this full time. Well, which is why you deserve a lot of credit for having stuck with it so persistently over the decades. It's been hard. Um, but yeah, I think, it's starting, I think it's starting to pay off now. We're starting to get some insights into how this is working. Um, and I recently myself just put out, uh, I, did a, I did a study uh, myself recently where I was exploring what we call the arv process which is a essentially a binary process where you know you have your a outcome which would be one target and your b outcome which would be another uh, i started experimenting with this process with uh the crv ideogram process to try to minimize the amount of time the remote viewers needed to do their rv and the amount of time the, the tasker needed to analyze it and i only i did a 10 uh, target run on that um but we, we ended up running uh, 100% accuracy on that one, uh, which is fantastic news. So I'm, I'm going to spend uh, the next six months to start from January working on an extended project of 50 plus targets to see if I can come up with the same accuracy. Well, if you're looking into the future, it might be uh, the really interesting question might be is on what targets will I be the most accurate? Yes, that would be one. That would be a great one to do, but it would also add extra work in, in, into into the mix on all this. Yeah, um, and you know, I'm not one. Uh, I've never been a person that has actually used remote viewing for anything personal. So I've never, I've never actually remote viewed anything to do with myself as a as a person or my future in in any way. Although, I guess if I'm remote viewing cryptos and things 
that is partly involved in my future but I, I i try to keep myself quite detached from doing anything personal to be honest but what i gather what you're suggesting is that when you're investing on your own trading account or speculating rather than investing you are using remote viewing as an input yes um, but i i would never do it uh, and i would never use it as my only input i uh well, I do the RV, you know, blindly done. Uh, and if I like what I got in the data and it feels nice, I then do a further research. So I will then look at the crypto and I'll say, okay, what's their white paper or what's their plan? Does it does it feel good to me? Then I look at the team behind it as well. I, I look in real life at the at the CEO and the and the management team, and I look at the what you know if I actually like the idea of what they're doing. Um, and if all that feels right, I, that that will be the only time I I would invest some money. I, I I would never do it based based on my RV data alone. So and probably yeah, lots of other people who are traders or speculators, uh, maybe not professional remote viewers, but they're using their own intuition in a similar way. Absolutely, I would say what they're doing in in the crypto market is what CEOs and and top business people have been doing. For, for eons really you know they're going on their gut feeling and, and you know all our remote viewing data feels like it comes from him here as well so yeah i would say we're relying on our gut feeling in some kind of way we're, we're putting it down on paper but but the ceos and the traders out there they're also yeah they're also going on their intuitive gut data as well it's always it's always been the case uh you know you can ask any of the top ceos out there and the, they will say it's all about you know gut feeling about something as a matter of fact, there was a study done, a whole book published by Douglas Dean back, I think, in the 1980s called Executive ESP, in, in which he uh, did a, a simple ESP test, a precognition test with business executives. The ones whose companies were making money showed positive psi scoring. The ones whose companies were losing money showed what we call psi missing. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's it is interesting uh, how it works. Um, and you know, we we've seen the same phenomenon with people when they're picking their lottery numbers and when they're and when they're doing the other side of things as well. I know lots of people that are using RV for uh, uh, betting and gambling. Uh, you know, and lots of people out there are are doing very well. I know some very small groups out there that are doing very well uh, betting on things like horse races or even um, the outcomes of events like the World Cup of Soccer and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And a lot of that is, you know, some of it's in some of it's RV intuition, but a lot of it's also intuition that they built up over a period of time of knowing the markets that, that they're, you know, that they're involved in. They kind of have a, a knowing feeling about things. Now, I think what you're doing is very interesting. I think it's forward-looking. I think it's a contribution to humanity as a whole. But I do hear criticisms from some viewers who say remote viewing is a spiritual gift and should be used for spiritual purposes. And, and people who are doing it for personal gain are somehow abusing this spiritual gift. What do you say to that? I would say I probably had the same attitude for nearly 20 years. Um, and up until, you know, we started crypto viewing a couple of years ago, bearing in mind we've been doing this, I think, 24 years now, I never once used remote viewing um, for my own personal gains in any way. Um, but it got to the stage of 
if I didn't use the skill that I'd taken 24 years to hone um, to help myself make an income of some sorts, then I would have to, you know, being a 50-odd-year-old person uh, and, a, and a creative person, I would have to, you know, maybe even stack shelves or, or something like that. And, you know, I would have, end up doing a, a menial job. I think it's it's like everything in life. It's finding a balance. Um, you know, I feel that I am taking a little bit uh, for myself or making an income from what I do with remote viewing. But at the same time, I give my magazines for free. I regularly give my books out for free. I even teach people for free. So I feel that for me, yeah, it's a case of, you know, a yin yang kind of I'm trying to keep the balance and what what I take out from myself. I, I try to put back in in any way I can. Well, Daz, I have to compliment you on your attitude, on your dedication, and on the professionalism with which you approach this work. I've been watching the field of remote viewing grow ever since I first participated in a remote viewing exercise myself back in 1976. And I think you are a credit to the entire remote viewing community. And I think that the remote viewing community, because of people like you, is a credit to the world at large. So uh, I want to compliment you on your work. I want to encourage our viewers to visit your uh, website, cryptoviewing.com, and decide for themselves if they might wish to subscribe. It's not going to take a huge amount of money for anybody uh, interested in that. And I want to Thank you very much for being with me today. And also, I hope we can find additional topics to discuss because. I think these conversations are fascinating and well worth exploring. So I hope to have you back again in the future. Absolutely. I got some, uh, I've got some very interesting new pieces of information. I'm following up on all kinds of subjects like Ingo, Ingo Swan in Egypt, Ingo Swan in the moon, penetration and all that kind of stuff. So yes, we definitely should talk again soon. Well, thank you so much for being with me today, Daz. Thank you. It's been great again. And for those of you listening or watching, thank you for being with us. Mm -hmm.